Welcome to the war from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. While New World of Coming was the uh, most prominent program for black-produced old-time radio drama during the war, there were some successor programs. The most noted of these was Destination Freedom. Uh, this series didn't start airing until post-war. It aired out of uh, Chicago, and it was sponsored the Chicago Defender for its first 17 episodes, and then the Chicago Urban League took over for the remaining remainder of the series. And they did have a couple of episodes that touched on real-life stories of the war. So kind of a compare and contrast, we'll bring you a couple of these. The first is from 1948. It aired December 5th, 1948, and the title is Autobiography of a Hero. Destination Freedom. Destination Freedom, dramatizations of the great democratic heritage of the Negro people is brought to you by station WMAQ as a part of the pageant of history and of America's own Destination Freedom. One of the first heroes of World War II was a Texas-born mess attendant, Dory Miller. In the chapter entitled Autobiography of a Hero, Destination Freedom tells the Dory Miller story to commemorate Pearl Harbor Week. Right in me. 
Does this here plan to appropriate money to a Dorian Miller monument? What has this Dorian Miller ever done to have his name there for congressional commendation? If anybody needs commendation for what they've done in this war, it's those tall white boys from my state who right now, while I stand here speaking to you and I'm dying on the high seas, don't think of Congress time with every Tom, Dick, and Dorian Miller who gets his name on the hero list. If it's heroes you want, where do you find boys who sacrifice more than our boys? Will someone please answer me? I hear the waves are thundering in the sea and the ships are going under from enemy guns. Turn to their graves, heroes from my noble state. Who is this glory miller of the community? Who ever heard of glory I am Dorian Miller. And they said I was a hero. But long before that, before Pearl Harbor, before the planes and torpedoes caught up with the Liscombe Bay, even then I was in battle after battle. But the planes that banked down at me could be battle with an old gun I held behind neighbor Shepard's fence. We shot down a hundred million planes, my buddy and I. Finish those dishes? Well, we wanted to tell you that they tell me are. nothing. They're piled high on your head. Now get back to work. Uh, Mr. Plato, you still standing there? Yeah. We, we wanted uh, to give you a fair notice. Notice? You tell him, Doris. Well, uh, we're quitting. Don't you like the job? Oh, it ain't well, the job. It's the dishes that get us. 
We're looking for a job with a future, Mr. Plato. I see. Fresh <laughs> out of high school, and you're planning on marrying the boss's daughter. Mr. Plato, we joined the Navy. And just what do you suppose is in the Navy for you? Well, I'm going to be a gunner. His buddy here is going to mark it with machinery. <laughs> well, well. We sent our application in a week ago. They said, come over today. Hate to leave you, Mr. Plato, but, you know, ain't no democracy in our town like this. All the jobs you get in the kitchen. So, democracy is what you're looking for. They say democracy for coloreds like the woman with a knife up her sleeve. And I, I don't see how the state of Texas is going to get along without you boys. I, I just don't see how. Oh, we'll come back for a visit. Yeah, sure. We might even help you with the dishes, Mr. Plato. Uh-huh. Uh, before you uh, join the Navy, boys, uh, yeah? don't entirely forget the art of dishwashing. Uh, that ain't no lost art in the Navy. I got a hunch you're going to need it. So the mechanic and the gunner left him with his old hunch, went walking down the Dallas street, reread the Navy posters, and went over to the recruiting station where the chief had our applications already. Well, uh, are these your papers, fellas? Yeah, that's my letter. Okay, got good news for you. Everything's in order. Oh, when do we start? <laughs> Just sign here and you're in. Uh-huh. Uh, there's some uh, boot training for all recruits at first. No, I mean, when do I get in that machinery school? You know, the poster... He, he, he's going to be a machinist and yeah. I'm going to be a gunner, the way the poster said. I, um, I know what the poster said, but uh, nowadays the Navy's accepting Negroes only for mess attendance. Kitchen work? What the poster, they said... It I know what they kitchen. said. Uh, if you want to get in, sign up or shut up. Well... Well, we ain't aiming to intrude on your private navy, mister. Come on, Dory, you heard what the man said. Yeah, yeah, I heard, but... Then let's get out of here, come on. You signing up or signing out? Well... Well, what? Well, I don't know, buddy. I burned my bridges. I told everybody I was going. Things will change when we get on ship. Unless a war starts, Sonny, and we don't have one on our schedule right now, ain't much changing going to be done. I'm telling you straight. So what the post yeah, I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Now, what'll it be? Will you come on, Dory, and let the white folks have their little old navy, huh? But, but, but why? He told you. Read between the lines. The white folks can't sleep at night knowing a Negro's holding a gun. You coming or you going to uh, Uncle Tom? Don't hold up the line one way or the other. Uh, I'll sign. Uh, buddy, don't leave me. Uncle Tom, this ain't no place for me. I ain't forced. No, sir. I ain't forced. All right, fella. You'll uh, start out at the mess attendant. Start out and, and in, huh? Now, uh, step over here and meet uh, one of the old attendants here. Hey, Joe. Yes, sir? Uh, Joe, show this boy the sights around the station, will you? Sure, you. Do. Mess attendant. Yeah. Eat it nice. Uh, come on down to the kitchen and get an idea of what it's all about. You, uh, just, just listen, huh? Yep. Well, for a volunteer, you're going to look awful happy if you don't mind my speaking my mind. I don't mind. Anything worrying? Yep. What's the neighbor supposed to fight for, anyhow? Well, the posters say democracy and freedom. Democracy. Yeah. What about it? Democracy's got a Jim Crow knife up a sleeve. Huh? A knife. Oh. Oh, I guess. Now, 
We got plenty of them down at the galley. You'll be working with millions of them. And folks, too. And in the galley I worked. And it was a high climb to get topside to get a peek at the gun crews. And while learning to set up and serve the mess halls, I used my liberty in ports to wander about the penny arcades. I got the only target practice I ever had. In the arcades, I gripped the triggers and eased the itch for the feel of a gun. And now and then, I would shoot down the plane. Got one other twisting. Anybody else? Anybody else? Yes, yeah, step aside, Mr. Tennant, and let a real gunner have a shot. Come on, give me a try. At your service, gunner, at your service. One little nickel. Now, watch how it's done and go back to your galley, Miss Boy. I'll shoot rings around you. And the real gunner shot rings around me in the arcade, and I wondered how it was done. Still, I practiced until my ship attacked the waves from Frisco to Hawaii. And in the galleys, while we cruised to Pearl Harbor, I caught all the orders they shot at me. And I was alive and I was dead. I was alive to voices that jerked me helter-skelter. I was dead to the dream of being a part of a ship and part of a country. And in the cool calm of Pearl Harbor, December 7th, I was tired and came down to the galley dropped a tray of dishes at the cook's feet. Oh, oh, boy. Clumsy. Very clumsy. You broke every living dish on the tray. Sorry, cook, I couldn't hold yeah, it. And you cut your hand besides. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, let's see it. What you get for daydreaming, not minding your own business. And then you get some iodine. <laughs> at least you can say you spilled your blood for the ship, even if it was in the galley. <laughs> uh, cookie. Oh, still, I'll have a time in a minute. Cookie, do you ever think if I did, would I be in the Navy? No, I mean... Yeah, I... yeah, I know what you mean. Will you ever get another job on this ship besides mess attendance? And then I overheard the Admiral say, the Navy at Pearl Harbor is going to be just routine. But the Admiral says it's going to be routine. Watch out. Ship's liable to blow up. Them Admirals don't know from nothing. They're old still now. And the Cookie, if I wrote to the President and sent a letter through the channels, do you think they'd unsegregate this Navy? Jack... If you send a letter clear up to St. Peter, them admirals would segregate the mail. Not the Almighty had a hand in it, then. Eh. Listen, you hear something? Hey, it's boiling over. Uh-uh. Sounds like something whistling. That poison is coming through. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Almighty, I was just kidding about St. Peter. Oh. Can't you take a joke? Watch it, Dora. Watch it. 
Boots flooded the galley. The roar came again, and I picked myself up and heard the order on the speaker. Pearl Harbor's under attack. Take your battle stations. Take your battle hands on deck. All 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 hands on deck. I heard them say, man the gun. Man the gun. And again, my fingers itch for a feel of one. I lost my battle station. I climbed the hatch and saw that the ship was a funeral pilot. A man twisted on a burning deck like a caterpillar caught on a hot grip. When I saw her, they shot away from the guns. I heard one hear me cry. Help! Help me! Help! It was a captain caught beneath a steel turret near an anti-aircraft gun. I lifted the metal and pulled him free. Good man. Now take cover. Let me get down to the bridge here. Now, lie here, Captain. They see us. Duck down, duck down. They missed. They'll be coming back. Take cover, man. You hear me? I I hear you. Then what are you doing? I, I'm aiming the gun. You've got no cover. They'll spatter you over the deck. Hey, take cover. Take cover. Get away from that gun. Run. Come on. Watch it. They're coming down. Watch it. Come I, what are you doing? Cover. Take cover. I, I've got him in my sight. Duck down, you fool. I'm ready. I've got him in my sight. Hey, you hit me. Ah! Burn. Look at him burn. You got him. You got him. Burn. Burn, you devil. Burn. Hey, man. Who are you? I, I'm Thorin Miller. Where do you belong? I, I'm a mess lieutenant. I belong in the galley. No, you don't, mister. You belong behind that gun. Sleep behind it. And I kept behind it. And somehow it made me feel as if that was my birthday. It was a tall time. And, of course, my blood was boiling about in my head and straining and howling and stinging me on. Of course, I was rolled on wheels of my boyish itch to get at the gun. Of course, all the delicate rehearsal shots of my childhood massed and mirage before me. Of course, I was child, and my face swallowed the liquid of battle. Bleeding black hair, dying in demon noise made me wild. It was kinder than that, though. And I showed like a banner my kindness. I loved. And a man will guard when he loves. There, white-gowned democracy was my fair lady. With a knife lying cold and straight. In the softness of a sweet flowing sleeve. But for the sake of the dear smiling mouth. And the stuttered promise. I toyed with my life. I flew back. I would not remember entirely the night. But still, am I good enough to die for them? Is my blood bright enough to be spilled? Was my constant back question. Are they clear on this? Or do I intrude even now? Am I clean enough to kill for them? Do they wish me to kill for them? Or is my place while death licks his lips and strides to them? In the galley still. In the galley still. The galley.
To you, Dory Miller, mess attendant third class. For gallant service beyond the call of duty, aboard the USS Arizona during the attack on Pearl Harbor, the President of the United States bestows upon you the Navy Cross. And of course, my birthday was celebrated. And there was enough glory to go around. When I was granted leave for a homecoming, I, I walked up the wooden steps of my mother's house. While inside, I knew she waited for me. When I heard her call, I stepped in the shadow. Dory? Is that you, Dory? So sure. Oh, Dory! Mom, Mom. Dory. You've made it back safe. Sure. Let me look. You're not hurt. Of course not. Told you those guns wouldn't hurt me. Come on, we've been waiting for you. Who's we? Come and see. Buddy, how you doing? How you doing, you old fellow? I don't look at you. Look at you. Just some of that muscle. Yeah. What do you know, hero? Now, just sit down, son. Tell me how long you'll be here so we can fly. Well, let's not talk about that, Mom. When I go, I'll be back. You know I'll come back. I know you will. Ah, Dory, you're sort of governor. You're a gym and a sucker. Now, look here. You I... look. You want to be a gunner? Oh, you shoot down three, four, five enemy planes. Again. But do you get to be a gunner? You're still busting stuff. I'm due for a transfer and a promotion when I get what back. When are you going to wake up, gunner, and understand what the fight's all now, about? Now, see, here, if you think I came home to hear all that stuff, you put on those guns when I was overseas. Boys! This is no way to talk. Maybe a long time before we see Dory again. Oh, I'll come back, Mom. Sure, you will. Then be careful. Don't be a gunner. Be careful. And be listening. Because I'm going to keep calling for you. I'm going to keep calling you home. And I went back to my ship and looked forward to soothe the itch again. And I stood listening while the commander read off my new orders and my new promotion. For your devotion to duty, extraordinary courage, Dory Miller, you are hereby to be assigned to the aircraft carrier Liscombe Bay and promptly promoted from mess attendant third class to first class mess attendant. Of course, there was gall as well as glory. I took both. Of course, the Jim Crow knife cut deep. Of course, it was meant to slash the birth cord that for a tiny instant had bound us brother to brother in the struggle to right the human race. Of course, I served in the galley on the Liscombe Bay, swabbed the deck, and fingered the Navy Cross. When torpedoes caught up with the bay and hell got free and stalked the ship, I heard the captain's voice on the speaker. Abandon ship! Abandon ship! This is it! I saw the cook stagger like a drunk and I cried to him. Hey, cook! Come up on deck! Come up on the cook! Come on, he can make it! I can I reached for him and he sagged like a sack in my arms and whispered. And this is... Come on, come on, come on, don't talk. Come on. Hold me tight, tight. I held him tight and lifted him dead out of the galley. 
I stumbled around the wreckage, and some of the crew still remember Pearl Harbor and called my name. help I could give had been given. The air was filled with planes diving on the wounded ship and had traces searched for the living. And the captain going by noticed me and said, Dory Miller, Dory Miller. Oh, you saved a lot of us at Trail Harbor. Too bad there won't be a repeat performance. Secure your life belt. This is it. This was it. My ship was wallowing in the foam like a giant dirty dish ready to go down for final washing. And some men cried and some screamed and some said odd things. Yes, sir. Dory, you left the galley full of dirty dishes. What do we do if the captain sees it? What do we do, Dory? What do we do? And the gunner crept about on his knees and appealed to me. Hey, you seen my, you seen my socks, Dory? Lord, I can't go away without my socks. Anybody see my socks? And when Anybody the planes dived again, that trace was tickled the turds until a gunner cried like a baby. Now that's enough. That's enough from you. Stop it. Stop it. We are all dead men, waiting to be buried in the coffin of the ship. And each wave and each bullet was like a nail. And of course my life paraded before my eyes. And until the last, the steward reprimanded me. And the mate carried on to search for his socks. And under the twisted bridge, I knew I could not answer them or the voice I'd left in Texas calling me home. Dory. Nor would I have time to answer the men in Washington who wondered if I were worth the metal. Yeah, recognize the leaders from the Magnolia State. Can I rise again to ask about this plan for congressional commendation for the Dory Metal? I am opposed to this new commendation and this talk about equal rights. It's only a new way to persecute the free white folks of my state who are right this minute dying on the battlefields at high speed to protect the American way of life. Who else has sacrificed more than the brave sons of my state for this here country? All this talk about new laws and civil rights is nonsense. I didn't hear this story, Miller, and I'm sure that some worthy Caucasian hero Yes, it is true that once I had to kick their law into their teeth in order to save them. However, I've heard that sometimes you have to deal devilishly with drowning men in order to swim to shore, or they will haul themselves and you to the trash and fish beneath. So when I think of this, I do not worry about a few chipped teeth. And it is good I once gave glory. It is good I once put gold on their names. There would have been spikes in the afterwards hand, for I am a gem. They were not concerned that it was hardly the enemy my fight was against, but them. Naturally, the important thing is I helped to save them and a part of their democracy. 
And I'm feeling well and settled in myself because I believe it was a good job. Despite this possible horror. That they might prefer the preservation of their laws and all its sick dignity and their knives to the continuation of their creed and their lives. It was with this in mind that I died. It was with this and the hope that she whose call I never answered would somehow understand why her son itched for the gun. You'll get hurt if you don't stop playing with those guns, Dory. Dory. Oh, Dory. just heard Destination Freedom's dramatization, Autobiography of a Hero, the story of Dory Miller. Destination Freedom is written by Richard Durham and produced under the direction of Bob Wamble. Part of today's script was from the poem Negro Hero by Gwendolyn Brooks. The role of Dory Miller was played by Fred Pinkard. Others in the cast were Wesleyan Tilden, Jess Pugh, Maurice Copeland, Ken Griffin, Don Gallagher, and Oscar Brown. The special music was composed by Emil Soderstrom and was played by Elwin Owen and Bobby Christian. This is Hugh Downs inviting you to be with us again next week when Destination Freedom will tell the story of Albert Merritt, the Pied Piper of Martinsville. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Welcome back. Well, there's a definite difference here. The difference in tone is um, is noteworthy. As with the war no longer going on, there tends to be a, a more of a free reign to uh, frustrations about the injustice of the situation with Dory Miller. Beyond that, I found it... Uh, an amazing uh, story where because of uh, discrimination, the only real practice he got as a gunner was in a penny arcade, uh, but still able to come through with courage and uh, bravery above and beyond the call of duty. While Dory Miller has yet to be honored with the uh, Congressional Medal of Honor, he has received numerous commendations uh, memorials for bravery. In 1973, a Knox-class frigate was named after Dory Miller, and there was also a commemorative postage stamp issued, as well as several schools named in his honor. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, KenCurlin.com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, GreatDetectives.net.